0: All right, friends, you know how much we love you, but you've been letting us down lately. Yep, we said it. Our longest and most loyal partner today, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. So we're going to change that. And Strava's going to change that because they're offering a new code to everyone. DNVR25. And when I say 25, that means 25% off your first purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. Not only do we love what Strava tastes like, and we run off coffee around here, but it's also CBD infused and helps with so many ailments. It's different for everyone. For me, headaches, CBD helps me with that. Strava can help you with maybe some aches and pains, maybe you got a little knee irritation, you want to go for a hike, but your knee's bothering you, CBD might help you with that. So check out the reviews of Strava Craft Coffee, you'll be blown away with the stories of how Strava has helped them. They'll deliver straight to your door. So use that code DMVR25 and get 25% off or subscribe and get 20% off every purchase for life. So go on down to StravaCoffee.com. That's S-T-R-A-V-A-Coffee.com. Try their delicious CBD-infused coffee. Use that code DMVR25 at checkout or subscribe and get 20% off for life. All right, Dre, let's hop into the show. Welcome into the DMVR Broncos podcast that that guy if you're watching live pumping his fist a little bit Andre Simone a busy man today Andre because you just did the DMVR bets podcast now you're jumping in here with me for Ryan Konigsberg who in the words of the late great Irv Brown is on assignment today.
1: That's right. Yeah. No, this is a pleasure. I did it with Zach yesterday. I got to do
0: it with you today. Yeah, nothing better. Is there a lot kind of pent up right now about Broncos camp for you?
1: Not really. No. <laughs> that's a great way to start the show. No, there's some <laughs> some real liberation in letting you guys worry about oh. that. I did make this mistake, Mace. I told myself I'm not going to read too much into camp. I'm going to reserve my feelings for the first preseason game.
0: Okay, that's fair. We're going to get into that real quick. Of course, this prod this podcast, the DMVR Broncos podcast, is brought to you by msu denver online time and time again the one thing that will protect you against economic is an education that will allow you to adapt into varying careers and you can go and build your toolbox at msu denver msu denver online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life msu Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world right into the classroom and MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. You know, we know a lot of MSU Denver grads around the area. Some of my best friends in this area are proud MSU Denver Roadrunners, MSU Denver grads, and they've accomplished some great things. And some of our own very own staff members at DNVR are taking MSU Denver or online courses this summer. So check out MSU Denver online. On campus or online, it's all the same to them because their students do just as well online as they do in the in-person courses, which means you can get that same degree and continue to live your life. What the, a deal. And the Broncos, they want to live their best life at quarterback. Yeah. And so far, the results have been decidedly mixed. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, yep. I sounds I think correct. that's fair
0: to say. Yeah. But Vic Fangio... After practice today, Mm. said, when asked whether a decision was close, he said, yeah, quote, pretty damn close, unquote, to a decision. But, quote, more information coming, unquote. Referring to, potentially, that Seattle preseason game this coming Saturday night up at Lumen Field in Seattle. So, if the decision is pretty damn close, we have to ask ourselves, first of all, A, who do you think it is? And B, what is it based on?
1: Right. And um, surprising to hear after yesterday's pra- uh, practice, a quote-unquote lethargic outing from the offense. That's a, that's a direct quote
0: from Vic Fangio. A lot of drop passes. It was pretty inexcusable, really, considering that they had day off on Sunday. Monday was kind of a three-quarter speed, regular season type of practice, scout team, et cetera disappoint I think he was really disappointed they didn't really get at it on Tuesday. As a team they got at it more today. Okay, good. Was, so the tempo was back. Offensive execution on the other hand, fewer drops but still kind of balky at times today. So they're, again,
1: not seeming to be on the same page with the wide wideouts? That seemed to be kind of the overwhelming theme of the, the biggest issue the offense was having yesterday.
0: Yeah, and uh, in particular, the one interception today was thrown by Teddy Bridgewater, but uh-huh. it looked like you saw uh, Jerry Judy kind of stop. Every sign from that play was miscommunication. Right. And when Bridgewater was asked about after practice, said, hey, we'll just get back in the film room, study that, and... Uh, and work on it so not get back on the field get back in the film room which tells you it was probably it was less of a it was less of an execution thing and more of a communication thing and and it it was also teddy was throwing to a spot right and that's and so when a quarterback is throwing to a spot and it's a pick and this is this was true for some of drew's picks as well last year it's on the quarterback or Mm -hmm. it's on the receiver if other 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 picks they're on the quarterback right so
1: right well, so did we see enough after a lethargic Tuesday on Wednesday to Are you surprised that Vic would say there's this separation?
0: Well, I don't. Th- I th- I'm not separation, uh, but a, a closer decision. to yeah. a decision. Yes. Yes. The reason I am not surprised is this, and it's because of what he said about a moment later, and he was asked about the impact of the preseason games. All along, Vic Fangio has said. Preseason games are the most important thing to mm-hmm. this competition. Mm-hmm. Well, they go out there for the preseason game last Saturday against Minnesota, and Stephen Weatherly is the only starter. And actually, you could say he maybe isn't one of their best 11 defensive players on the team because Sheldon Richardson is, and he's not listed as a starter. Right. And Richardson, by the way, was wrecking people last week. Mm-hmm. So, just, just to kind of underscore what kind of impact he has and uh, how him not being out there certainly helped the Broncos. Yeah. So... He then said, Fangio said, that the joint practice work, when you did see one versus one, when you did work against the Vikings' first-team defense was, quote, telling, unquote, and said that one versus one in the practices at UCL Training Center, also telling. So what this says to me is that while he wanted to have the preseason games be the biggest thing. The situation has changed. And now he's had to adapt because you didn't see the starting defense from Minnesota on Saturday. You will not see the starting defense from the Los Angeles Rams Mm -hmm. in the third preseason game Mm -hmm. because Sean McVay is doing his usual Sean McVay thing and not playing any starters all preseason. And the final preseason game. And Seattle, that is TBD. Yep, And... Every one of note rested last week when the Seahawks played in Las Vegas. And do you really think that Pete Carroll is going to put all of his aces out there on defense no. on Saturday night? I mean, there's no way Jamal Adams is going to play, right? For example, I mean, you'd imagine he'd just say, "No, nope, we're good."
1: Yeah, you might see some ones who would be twos most places and are why the Seahawks' defense isn't highly rated.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's another thing.
1: Some fringe ones that would be two other places, but they have to start them, so they better get their reps. This is the
0: team that has the worst number one defense of any on the Broncos' preseason schedule. Yeah, damn I mean, the Vikings don't have depth. But they've got some good players Absolute, in that right. first team. They've got right. Bishaw Green, yes. Patrick Peterson, Sheldon you know, Richardson, Kennedy, just Sher- Sheldon Richardson. Yeah, uh, they've got they're playing. tough Daniel on the Hunter. D line. Yeah, yeah Anthony that, Barr. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a defense that's got playmakers at all yeah. three levels. Minnesota's problem is depth, and you yeah. saw on Saturday, and when they went up, and even in the practices, that's again, practice being telling. When they went up against the twos, it was a different matter. When they went up against the ones, it was a struggle. And so you take, for example, Drew Locke's work last week first he gets to move the ball periods and Vikings first teamers are out there for both of those periods and he's going against them on Wednesday ends in a throw across the middle that he'd rather have back tipped and then intercepted tipped off a defender and then picked off yeah Thursday move the ball Royce Freeman runs for a first down after that turnover on downs Drew Locke goes one for three And that's why, as well as he played on Saturday, I felt like I was the negative Nancy in the room, but I couldn't divorce what I saw in the practices from what I saw in the game for both Teddy and Drew because Teddy was throwing through a red zone pick in 7-on-7. He had a red zone pick in team, although in fairness, Melvin Gordon had it in his hands, and it was a low pass, but it was in Gordon's hands and went off his hands. So... Teddy struggled in the red zone against the Vikings 1s. On Saturday, he does great in the red zone. Drew Locke struggled uh, against the Vikings 1s in practice. He goes up against the Vikings 2nd and 3rd teamers in the game and deals. And so I I think when Vic, Vic is saying this, Dre, he's saying... I've kind of i've I've recalibrated this a little bit, and now this is really going to be about those joint practices. And hopefully, if Seattle plays some first teamers about that too, maybe that's the more information
1: right. Coming. Well, what's crazy is all that makes sense, and I could see how this preseason would force you to recalibrate. because yeah. it I mean just watching a large amount of the preseason slate. Broncos seem to really stand out as a team that played more starters than just about any. Some
0: teams are like Kansas City got a few starters in. They're going to have their starters play the first half this weekend. But we're seeing... It's when the Rams started two years ago. Remember when Sean McVay said, I'm resting my starters the entire preseason? Everyone's like, whoa! Right. But... It's the new I also normal. thought, I, I did, I did, when I did a podcast back then, not here, I was still with the Broncos, and I said, right. this is something that we're probably going to see more of in the coming yeah. years. Yeah. Now, of course, it got put on ice last year, no preseason, but now we're seeing more of it. The other thing is the Broncos, it's no fault of their own, yeah. but they drew the short straw here. Because yeah. Yeah. last week, the top three teams in terms of resting players were the Rams, Vikings, and Seahawks.
1: Yeah, it's not great when you're trying to put yes. in work. Um, so I can understand Vic, but what I don't understand, what's confusing me here, Mace, is from what you described of those joint practices, that doesn't sound like an assessment that would allow me to come closer to a decision. No. So what's Vic talking about now?
0: I mean, if you start stepping back and saying, all right, well, Teddy, you start, you start measuring other things. Uh-huh. I Because manchi- I mentioned the Teddy pick in 7-on-7, seven seven, Yeah. and I mentioned the other struggles in red zone, and Kendricks nearly had another pick in 7-on-7, seven seven, yeah. and that was against Viking 1s. Teddy also led the offense to a touchdown mm-hmm. in team against Minnesota's 1s. Yep. Now, that being said, in game conditions, I'm not sure that touchdown pass to Jerry Judy last Wednesday happens <laughs> because Nick Hill is coming up the A-gap, and literally, you can see on the video of the Broncos. You can literally see Nick Hill put his arms back and stop to avoid hitting Teddy right, Bridgewater. Right. So does that happen in a game? Well, if Teddy's willing to take a shot, it might happen in a game. Yeah.
1: So then, does it come down to the right. low Melvin Gordon pass uh-huh. that was intercepted, but you could argue was actually dropped? And well, then the other fact- separator. The like, other factor on. is
0: first team versus first team in uh-huh, Broncos right. practices, yes. and.
1: Right, so let's talk about that, because that's the advantage of having you. You've been right. out there all day, every day. You haven't missed anything. Yes, so.
0: well, I, I missed the ones I missed the ones where I was covering the Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And if there's one thing that gives it to Drew Locke, it is this. Especially early on that Sunday scrimmage it, that was in the field house, got moved inside because of the bad air quality no. that day, that Bridgewater did better in the second part of it, but Drew Locke did better in the first part of it and had that deep strike to Cortland Sutton. Uh-huh. So, is that something that tilts the scales toward Drew Locke that day? Because you can you can take you can t- step back and look at the broad spectrum and let's say you give Bridgewater the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. for that t- on that touchdown to Jerry Judy and move the ball in Minnesota. Right. If you give him the benefit of the doubt then it's still counterbalanced by what went wrong for him the next day. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And especially when they've set Vic Fangio, another thing he's said is situational is most is the most important thing. So uh-huh. we're talking about red zone, and we're talking about move the ball two minute.
1: That's right. That's so, right.
0: And, and execution you know, on third down. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and if they are, look, if they're tied on all counts, in my opinion, you play Drew Locke, yeah, because you go with the upside factor. If it's absolutely, if it, if it were up to me, they're yes. tied on all counts. You go with the guy who has the better chance of being a long-term answer. It may not be. Drew Locke may not have a great chance of being a long-term quarterback. I mean, I don't think we're talking about him being seventy-five percent historically. Probably in the third, in in terms of percentage of him being a long-term top ten, top twelve quarterback, probably in the thirties.
1: Yeah, sure. Based
0: on other quarterbacks that had similar form to this point in his career, it's thirty-one percent. But there that is still more of a chance than Teddy Bridgewater has. Absolutely. And we have seen Drew Locke do things better. That throw that he made to Jerry Judy, yes, it's against the twos when he when Judy when Judy's a third read. And on Saturday Yes right. It's against right. Scrubs Right but, but that's not That is not a play That he had the patience To make last year Absolutely Because you've got to Stand in there And it's Ooh. great protection So credit mm-hmm. to the offensive line But you have to stand in there And wait Yes For that read For that read to be there yep. And he does And he And he And he made it. Could he have maybe read it a little bit quicker and got it to Judy quicker? Yeah, but you're not complaining about it. You gave your playmaker a chance to make a play. And ultimately, that's probably the most important thing for these quarterbacks beyond avoiding mistakes is give this terrific collection of playmakers a chance to do something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at at that way, um, it's hard not to. And are you starting to worry that maybe... In the event of the tie, while most, uh, gosh, uh, most people would agree with you that the in a tie the the tie should go to Drew Lock because yes. of the upside. Because and it isn't just it's not upside can be such a funny thing. But who's and,
0: more likely to get better from where they are exactly on their tra- on their trajectory exactly, that, and it's. I mean, if you were doing insurance, you'd, you'd go with actuarial tables that say, okay, <laughs> right. I mean, you'd make a, you would make a calculated decision. Here. Yes. And ultimately, if you make a calculated decision, if these two are equal, you go with the younger guy yes. no. who in camp has shown that. While he hasn't gotten everything, he still struggles when pressure is on him. There were, right. you know, uh, mm. there, there were a couple of plays that broke down today because of pressure from McTelvin, Ajim and Draymond Jones, uh-huh. and we'll get in And we'll get into that a little bit later on. But he is doing things in terms of, re, uh, of going through his progressions yeah. better right. than he did uh, than he did all of last year. So he has made some strides. Yes, and you know, there's a little quote that Teddy put out there today. By the way, Teddy Bridgewater. If you watch that press conference today, he might be the most magnanimous <laughs> football player I've ever come across. You're right. As far as, you know, everything about the team, don't want to put everyone else's deal in jeopardy just for my own sake, blah, blah, blah. But he said something at the end. I asked actually asked him about Drew Locke. Hey, you've been around him for a few months. What's kind of surprised you about him that you've uh. learned about him? And he said, quote, thirst for knowledge, unquote which is another to hear that. which is a yeah. good sign you yeah. do like I don't want to make too much of press conference yes. sound bites but you do like to hear that and Teddy seems like a pretty honest guy yeah
1: well and it lines up with some of the other stuff we've heard and just knowing Drew you know he does seem like a professional guy um the upside though is they're on a play by play basis like mm-hmm. on any given play Drew Locke is much more likely to be able to make a big play for you versus teddy bridgewater and that's where i mean if you're just trying to mine your margins of victory mm-hmm. having a quarterback who can pull off one two three four big plays a game is going to give you a much bigger advantage than a guy who can only pull off half to
0: one you know but then it also becomes a mistake thing exactly because, we, because we're the other thing yes. that affects yes. you yes. in terms of your chances of winning yeah is your 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 what's what is the percentage if you that first turnover your percentage chance of win drops by about twenty five percent just like that
1: yeah just handing a possession over can really be detrimental like and,
0: that and, and and Drew Locke has had some has had some mistakes <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater's had some mistakes too right in one versus one and he's that's and he had that bad day in the red zone on the first Saturday of training camp in fact that you you look back at I look back at that day. That Saturday, and th- when he just basically melted down, and that was one of Teddy's chances to kind of take this thing and, and and grab it by the throat, and he didn't do it. Yeah, he had a yeah. chance last Thursday sure. to take this thing by the and grab it by the throat, and he didn't do it. And in both instances, Dre, it was red zone, and we know red zone, it's an issue for him. Mm-hmm. Last year, his passer rating, I believe, was. Uh, was twenty eighth yeah. in the red zone. Yeah, now great. he does bring the element with his legs, and we saw that on the touchdown that got called mm-hmm. back on Saturday. But that's kind of his Achilles heel here, and every, and the chances he's had to take this competition and build some momentum, that he's he squandered yeah. them. Right. And Drew Locke, it, because he has more zip, he can he throws better passes in the red zone. Yeah. Even though he is not, look, he has not been immune from red zone mistakes. He had yeah. that one where he threw it to, to, to Justin Simmons and moved the ball that day that both, that you had that pick and then you had the pick that Teddy threw where Brandon Mack ran the wrong route. Right. But the chances, but both of these guys, whenever they've had a chance to kind of sustain something, they've. They've put, they've put the brakes on themselves. And that's the most frustrating thing watching this is that you don't see two consecutive yeah. days. Like, I've been doing the golf scorecard from time to time. Right. You know what's missing for each of these guys? A couple of birdies in a row.
1: Yep. Yep. You know. Like, yeah, you, you sustained say, momentum is you, just not there.
0: You could say Drew Locke had an eagle on Saturday and Teddy playing reasonably well had a birdie. Right. Yep. What did they do in the next training camp-style practice uh, yesterday? At best par for both right uh, very, if that yeah. I, <laughs> right. I mean i just wrote the word i put on the front of vdmvr.com to, ta- to to promote my story was meh yeah
1: that's yep. what it was yep.
0: it was meh sure. yesterday yeah.
1: well I, I just think this is so interesting but everything we've said does not explain to me why vic today would say we're getting closer to a decision. Or why he would give the caveat of, look, we're having to adjust our evaluation. Preseason's going to matter less. Scrimmages are going to matter more. Yeah. The layman in me would say, boy, it sure sounds like he's leaning Teddy Bridgewater and yeah, making if excuses. If huh? he,
0: look, if he had said the games still matter, uh, the games matter a lot, I think we'd be having a different conversation yeah, right now. Right. But when he he said that the the joint practices were telling and the one, one, one on the first team versus first team work in practice was telling. In light of the Vikings resting their starters, I mean, although, I yeah, that just that that's an alarm bell. Have,
1: the official QB scoreboard had Drew and Teddy dead even after the three joint practices.
0: Yes, 10 10. or they, if you, they were at the two joint practices. They were 10, 10. Yeah. Yes. The, no, I said three, not
1: two. Well, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exact, yeah.
0: <laughs> And, our, our, and by the way, our our, <laughs> our scoreboard for today, Zach will have today's update. But as of yesterday, our scoreboard had these two dis, dis, differentiated by one point 75.5 to 74.5 in Bridgewater's favor.
1: Yeah, and I think that's spot on. Thank I, you. I don't think there's any.
0: <laughs> this I, is the problem. I we don't didn't think... want spot on. We yeah. wanted one guy to separate, and, and that <laughs> gummit it didn't happen. No, it, it ha- it's happened less and, and, they, and less. And, and they both had chances to separate, I and they both just hasn't. Been, it hasn't been there. It's crazy. It's it's it's, it's that's the most. Nice. If there's a disappointing thing about this, it's that neither one of these guys separated when they had a chance. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right. All right. Well, speaking of our cover, if if you want to read those quarterback scoreboards, Got check out becoming a member of the DMVR.com. But, of course, becoming a DMVR member, it's not just about reading our on-site stuff for the Broncos, being at every game, every practice, being at the Hall of Fame in Canton. It's not just about that. It's also about the coverage of all the, the Denver teams. It's also about hanging out in the Discord with Denver sports fans to have good sports talk about your teams without the crap you deal with on social media. It's about... The, the deal you get if you're a DMVR member joining the, you can join the DMVR golf league you get extra raffle tickets at watch parties you're gonna want to come on down to our Broncos watch parties mm-hmm. by the way we've got one coming up Saturday night for right. the Seahawks game and what better way to watch a preseason game Dre than by coming on out to a place like the DMVR bar and having some fun because we know in the second half those games can get those preseason games <laughs> yeah. can get a little That's tough a great to watch. Point. It's a great That's a good point. So you want to have a good time, and you'll have a good time yeah. at the DMVR bar. But if you're a DMVR member, you get that free DMVR shirt with your annual membership. You get weekly member deals on merchandise in the DMVR locker. We've got some Bronco stuff dropping here in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. A big beer for the price of a small beer. And also, you can host your fantasy football parties oh, at the DMVR incredible. bar. Not yep. just for members, but for everyone. So you sign up to host your party. At this bar, the greatest sports bar in town, you get two free pictures of beer, one breck beer picture of your choice, and one draft beer of your choice. All you need to do is call the bar from 3 p.m. or later, or the easiest way is to email gm at thednvrbar.com. That's gm at thednvrbar.com to have your fantasy football draft here. And, of course, if you come on down to the DMVR Bar, you can have some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. They're all on tap here at the DMVR Bar. We love our Breck brews. We also love the fact that this summer they're teaming up with the National Parks Conservation Association to donate 1% of all their profits this summer. The yeah. National Parks Conservation Association do a lot of helpful things with our great outdoors and of course last year with all the wildfires in Colorado that were so devastating, Breck Brew and the National Parks Conservation Association want to give back. So make sure you have some of those Breck brews at the DMVR bar or elsewhere. 1% of profits go to help our great outdoors and also if you want to if you want to check out the DMVR bar and and find out about the Escape Pod trailer. You can enter to win by the way. You don't have to come to the mvr bar, my bad. It's breckbrew.com/ingoodco to for that $30,000 Escape Pod trailer. Sign up to win that. That's breckbrew.com/ingoodco for more details on that $30,000 Escape Pod trailer. Make sure you tag us and tag us when you enter. Also, DraftKings. I want to tell you about DraftKings because everyone's favorite time of year is around the corner. College football season. Yes, the NFL matters, but college football does too. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. Incredible. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard it right. DraftKings is giving all new players... 200 smackers in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game no matter what what. So go to the DraftKings sportsbook now. Check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boost they offer. DraftKings sportsbook is safe, secure and reliable, located right here in the US so it's easy to, p- to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Check that out at DraftKings sportsbook. It's New customers only, limited time only, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Boom. Let's talk a little bit about other things going on beyond the quarterback. But first of all, let me ask you this. You'd start start Drew Locke, right? Or would you start Teddy? Uh, I would start Drew Locke, yes. If they're equal, I'd start Drew Locke. Yeah. But the th- the thing is, what are they weighing? They're probably weighing pre snap stuff. They're yes, weighing yes. they're weighing leadership. They're weighing knowledge mm-hmm. of the offense, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you know. Obviously, our scorecard I think is illuminating, but it doesn't yeah. reveal everything.
1: Right, and what so, the coaches are looking for. Right,
0: so. here we go
1: you do wonder if Teddy just fits that like Alex Smith mold that I I do I just keep going back to that Mm -hmm. those Jim Harbaugh Alex Smith with Colin Kaepernick as the backup and Vicks the DC And, uh, you know, they won a lot of games, scoring a lot of field goals. I think their kicker scored
0: the most points in NFL history that year. And you remember Cap came in midway through 2012 Mm -hmm. after he'd been watching Alex Smith operate for a while and took him all the way to the Super
1: Bowl. Right. Then the next year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So
0: that's not not a bad comparison there. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Get back to another guy who jumped out today. Yeah. And that's Draymond Jones. And That's exciting. This is happening over and over again mm-hmm. for Draymond Jones, and I think most significantly, it also happened in Minnesota as well. I was not watching the offense, the the Vikings offense versus mm-hmm. the Broncos defense, because obviously we had to keep our eyes on a quarterback, on the quarterbacks. What I did notice when I did put my binoculars over to that far field was Draymond Jones in the backfield on a consistent mm-hmm. basis, and I can tell you internally, the Broncos are very. Yeah. Very excited about Draymond Jones. Do not be surprised if he has that third-year breakthrough the way that a guy who was here last year only played three games before he got hurt, Jarrell Casey did, when he went and made a leap mm-hmm. from a guy who was a 2-3 sack a year guy in Tennessee to being a 10-sack guy yeah. in his yeah. third season. And by the way, a guy who saw that firsthand – is in the Broncos building right now. That's Mike Munchak, then the Titans head coach, now the Broncos Mm -hmm. Mm O-line coach. Mm -hmm. So they have an idea of what type of jump Draymond Jones can make and what they want it to look like. And it looks a lot like Jarrell Casey making that jump several years ago.
1: Third or fourth year often where you see that yes. jump, Derek Wolf, Malik Jackson, Justin Simmons, guys that stand out to mm-hmm. me, all who broke out right around that range. Yeah, I've always been high on Draymond. I loved what he was doing at Ohio State. And for a couple years, I feared that I overranked him, but I'm mm-hmm. expecting big things. And I think even the way they address the interior defensive line this offseason really showed that they are counting on Draymond. Mm-hmm. To be a foundational piece, is a piece in the trenches yeah. for them.
0: I mean, they keep Shelby Harris, and of course they re-signed Mike Purcell last year. But Mike Purcell's a nose tackle, so he's not nope. going to have many reps. Part-time. And Shelby player. Harris is a good complement to Draymond Jones. Yep. And then they signed Shamar Steven for depth. The other element of that, McTelvin Ajim, yes. is another guy yep. who had multiple pressures yep. today. Yep. And there was one where he just ripped past Dalton Reisner. That's exciting. And got to Drew Locke and forced an incompletion. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to see for McTelvin-Ajim. It's not (laughs) exciting to see for for Dalton Reisner, who was having a rough go of it today in pass pro. Yeah, what's
1: uh, this interior offensive line? There's lots of depth, and yet uh, are the veterans not? Are the veterans letting the young guys kind of, you know, you were saying the quarterbacks, it's been frustrating. Mm -hmm. No one's been able to capitalize on those opportunities. Sounds like Miner, it's Cush and Barry, and uh, especially Moody really being able to step up.
0: Yeah, Cushionberry I think has stabilized things at center. You love to hear that. Yeah, and that's that's great news. He's had there were some rough moments but his he he's having fewer plays where he's getting beat off the snap. So uh-huh. he's getting right. so he's snapping, he's getting set quickly. He's a, he's able to protect there and he's also identifying he's identifying a gap blitzes better. Yeah. Than he had, and that was something that Massive. was an issue last mm-hmm. year. The quarterback works hand in hand with him as well, yeah. and that's where Drew, being another year older, and Teddy Bridgewater being the buildings probably helped yeah. out Lloyd Cushenberry a great yeah. deal. But right. yesterday, when they had moved the ball, it was it was first team offense out there. But you looked at the guard spots, and you saw. You saw Quinn Miners at left guard and Natani Muti at right guard. That's crazy. And we saw Natani Muti get some work today at right guard, uh, giving Graham Glasgow a little bit of a breather. Those young guys are pushing yeah. right now. Now maybe quite literally. Yes. Now the <laughs> thing with now Glasgow's contract means he's going to be on this team this year unless you trade him. Yeah. But M- Muti in particular, I don't think look, I don't think Miners is going to be ready for extensive work just yet, but it's interesting to kind of look beyond the horizon and right. see my and see Miners getting that period on the first team. But Muti working in there is really interesting because you can because you can see a path to him starting Next year, easily. Right. Like what if he makes that push this year? Muti is so strong off the snap. Yeah. So powerful. Mm-hmm. He's basically da- He's saying, I dare you to bench me. I dare you.
1: Man, I mean, playing. if it wasn't for the injuries, he would have been a high pick. He, he played some left tackle at Fresno, and he... Mm-hmm. He could really dominate. I remember the film was silly on oh yeah driving
0: guys downfield.
1: I remember against USC. You know Fresno hasn't been very good, but he was doing it at all levels. But I think it's so encouraging. Miners coming from Division three, not playing football last year aside from the Senior Bowl, already being able to get first team reps. That was one
0: period. Don't so don't don't sure sure sure, sure. But that's encouraging. That's a guy who's progressing. Pretty rapidly, they're starting to the cross train as well because he had a lot of work at center, but now you're seeing him work at guard. Yeah, and uh. like you're seeing Austin Schlotman get some center re- center reps as well. So they're trying to figure out kind of kind of the depth there. But that's a really encouraging sign for him mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. just where he started camp and where he and where he is. And I thought he had a solid game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, Kale, do we have any uh, interesting comments today? Let's dive in. Oh, good question. You know, I I am one who always believes you should start doing things earlier rather than later. Now, with with Chubb and Sutton, the interesting thing is you both have injury concerns on on these two. Now, Chubb, you have time because you've already given the franchise tag. So, Chubb's a little bit lower of priority. Cortland Sutton, I think you wait on him until you know he's all the way back. Yeah. And... Watching him th- yesterday was a rough day. He had a couple, of, like he, no. he had a drop of a no. Teddy pass in, in in the end zone in a red zone period, and Teddy just threads the needle perfectly past a couple of defenders, and it just bounces off his hands. Sutton's got to catch that. You expect yeah. him to catch that, yeah. So, I and also you look at him sometimes. He's still not all the way back in terms of his movement just yet. So, I would just wait on Sutton and see kind of where he is with Chubb... I think. Let's say he gets off to a great start and there's no problem with the knee this year, then I think maybe you start thinking, okay, do we tear up this, uh, we tear up this fifth year option and just give you a longer term deal? Right. So. Right. Yeah. Good question. What else we got, Kyle? Uh, a couple coming in here. Okay. Uh, Mace, what was your opinion on the Schermer-Lock issue? yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah. Total nothing burger.
1: Yeah. You want to give a little background on that? There? Yeah,
0: it was funny because I didn't really notice it at first because uh, I was I was making my notes on on the play that happened mm-hmm. and what ha- and Drew explained it er- today. Like it was kind of it was a mix up because I looked at my notes. I'm like, they got the reps they were supposed to get because that that period that seven on seven period they were doing their reps in clusters of threes. Uh huh. And so I look. I'm like, oh well, they both got the reps they were supposed to. So it turned out Drew kind of. Was expecting to go back in for another rep. I guess he just kind of mis misread it, and then Teddy kind of goes in there, and and then there, you know there there was a little bit of a conversation, but nothing. Look, no, nothing to where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, uh, you know, burn the house down because of <laughs> right. this. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the voices did get a, did get a little bit raised, mm-hmm. but you hear worse all the time. Yeah. I mean, tis football. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think if there's a frustration, it's that. If Pat Shermer has a frustration, it's that okay. Hey, Drew, you knew the script, and uh, you know why were you going back in there? Drew probably just went in there because of force of habit. I don't, right. I right. don't think this is a big deal. Let's put it this way: I hope it's not a big deal, because right. if it's right. a big deal, that because that means Shermer's upset about it, and I and I don't think there's anything. This is on on the list of things that matters in this quarterback competition. This is about hundred and fiftieth. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I know some people are making a big deal out of this. It's fun, yeah. It's fun. Anyway, what what else, Kale? All right, uh, last question coming in. Uh, Did they talk about Killens? Very interested in what he's Mm -hmm. doing. Do a part time Mike Boone pick. I'll tell you. You look at Killins. He doesn't. You see him with the running backs, and you're like, this guy doesn't belong. Like you look at the body type. Like he does look like a like a receiver. You look at his legs. You look at the—I was watching the running backs when they were getting ready to do their drills at the start of practice. And every other running back has got, you know, calves like tree trunks. Yeah, yeah. And Killens, I mean, he's just got little skinny, skinny legs, skinny lower legs.
1: He's a non-football football football
0: athlete. Yes, he is. is. And he's more—and he's definitely more of somebody that you might think of— as a wide receiver, as somebody right. that you're going to, if he's in there, you're going to motion, you're going to motion him out. You're going to try him out on a real route. Right. That if he's running between the tackles, <laughs> you hold did something wrong. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. You did something wrong. Yeah, Something terrible happened. Yes. But yeah, but, the, but in all likelihood, he's just a guy that you want to get a look at. Yeah. You have the opportunity yeah. to get him reps because Mike Boone isn't around. If he impresses great, if not if not you move on remember you have an expanded practice squad this year right, again right. and a liberalized practice squad rules again so there is room to keep a guy like Killens, yeah. and maybe he fills the Levante Bellamy role Bellamy was on the practice squad yep. for a decent chunk of last year maybe he fills that role again yeah anything yeah. else good kale just to follow up to that can Killens push for the punt returner guy? ooh interesting question probably too late for that when they were working on punt's punt return today. You saw Deontay Spencer and KJ Hamler. Now we know Trandy Benson is in the mix as well, but they also want to find out about KJ Hamler's ball security. Now, to my knowledge, I don't think KJ Hamler has put a ball on the ground on punt returns That's so huge. far. That's Good huge. sign. Yeah. But at the same time, there's also judging the ball in flight, being in the right being in the right position. Yep. Yep. There was one that Sam Martin punted toward Toward Martin's left to Hamler's right, and it was inside the 10-yard line around the sideline. And let's just say KJ was way too close to where that ball was, and that runs the risk of a Tony Carter kind of moment. Yep. You, you remember back in 2013 when he's in the wrong place at the wrong time? Trenton Holiday was out there as well. But when you're too close to where that – whether you're blocking or returning, yeah. if that ball is coming down near the sideline and you're too close – that's a problem because yeah. it bounces, it goes randomly off someone's leg, and all of a sudden you might have given your opponent first and goal. So that's yeah. the kind of thing that K. it's a subtle thing, but it's the kind of thing that KJ Hamler needs to do better if they're going to trust him on punt returns. I mean, Deontay Spencer, he was – a li- it took him a while in 2019, but he has become a very good judge of the ball in flight. Yeah. Very secure right. in how he fields the ball. And so – Deontay Spencer may not have an offensive role, but he probably is Tom McMahon's whoopee. security blanket, call it what you will.
1: Yeah. And Trinity Benson, an interesting one, you know, kind of a He's another sneaky. guy. Like,
0: like Mooty's saying, I dare you not to I dare you not to play me, and and Trinity saying, I dare you not to keep me on the fifty three. Because I belong on this fifty three and he's damn good. And And he's not
1: quite a scat back, but he's kind of an offensive playmaker, similar, you know. You could see him
0: developing into a slot, though. Totally. Yeah. Plus return skills. Exactly. And that'll keep keep him around for a long time. We've got more on the other side that we're going to record, of course. We're going to do the comments next, so if you're listening on the podcast, stay tuned. We've got plenty more. For those of you watching on the live stream, thank you for joining us here from the DNVR Bar. He's Andre Simone. I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for watching, and for those of you listening, stay tuned. We've got plenty more to come on the comment section. You know we love hearing from our DMVR family. We also love telling you about the family over at Ball, who's sponsoring us right now across the DMVR network. That's Ball as in Ball Arena, as in the Aerospace Technology Company as in the world's largest aluminum can and and packaging manufacturer. And Ball has been leading global sustainability efforts for decades, and they reached out to us. They need help in the Denver area at their Golden Plant. They have four manufacturing technicians for production techs and other roles available because they need to make more cans. Yeah, in 2020, Ball made over 101 billion cans. That's billion with a B. It's incredible. And they're hiring production techs to make even more Aluminum beverage cans. They're adding line capacity to their 400-person plant here in town and Golden because the sustain the demand. Pardon me for sustainable aluminum beverages is greater than ever. I mean, Dre, when was the last time you drank a beverage out of a can?
1: Uh, several times a day.
0: Me too. Yeah, I actually have in my place a beverage refrigerator because my fridge was getting too full, and all it is, it's just it's cans of. Beer. Great way to do it. Cans of soda. Cans of cider. And I look on those cans, Dre, and I see a little ball logo there.
2: Yep. That's and right.
0: That's what you can be a part They're of. They're doing it right. And the thing is aluminum is infinitely recyclable. Yes. So yes. they can keep using it over and over again. 75% of all aluminum that's ever been produced on the face of the earth is still in use. So if you're concerned about the environment, you're concerned about resources, you want to have your beverages out of mm. aluminum cans, and Ball will help make that happen. And you can work at Ball, like I said, check out hashtag work at Ball online. And to apply for a position in their aluminum can plant, text Golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or text Golden to 77222. Also, I need to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. <laughs> do we have a pube problem? Ooh. If so, our friends at Manscaped have <laughs> cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet. With the Performance Package wow. 4.0, the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best <laughs> tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off with free shipping with the code DNVR. And that lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, you know, that's terrific. It's you know, it's taking everything to a new level. That's it's right. that spaceship is here mm-hmm. to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. <laughs> wow, oh, man! <laughs> I, you know what? I can't resist a good. Oh Uranus yeah, well, good.
1: I, that's what I love about you, Max. <laughs> um, and talking about taking things to the next level or a new galaxy, we've got a new partner, Solace Meds. You know it, fam. Um, they are a premier dispensary for you guys with smoking hot deals to offer. That Solace. Meds, they have four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Reetwidge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from us on East Koufax and the DMVR bar. Incredible deals right now for the rest of August. Dixie Elixir, two for thirty. The uh the DMVR fan, big fan of the Dixie Elixir. Um Spectra 20% off. Ripple 25% off. Civil Shelf Flower, 15% off, Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates 15% off. Just incredible deals left and right. Go to any of those locations um, and you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention uh, our code DMVR20 as well. That's any location. Give them the code DMVR20 and receive 20% off and that aforementioned free Solace Bar or King Cone. All these amazing deals when you use code DMVR20 they are—they uh, just do great stuff over at Solace. They've been a great partner for us. Check them out. And, uh, yeah, you know, go uh,
0: go galaxy hunting, I guess. There you go. And, by the way, one thing on Manscaped I didn't mention. I want to make sure I get in there. At Manscaped, you get 20% off plus free shipping with that code DMVR. There you so, go. So, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with the code DMVR for a clean Trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. Oh. I love a good Spaceballs joke. Because <laughs> no I love hey, that should have made our comedy movie draft proper, probably. I'm kind but of I, surprised. Yeah. I digress. There were a lot of good choices. We had to leave a yeah, lot off. We, truly. we need we need like 10 rounds for that one. Yeah, that's so really true. Let's dive into the comments, shall we? Let's do it. And let's start with D Bronk, who says, Do guys think the do you guys think the Broncos would bench Glasgow in order to get Mootie or miners on the field, or does Glasgow make just too much money to sit on the bench? Yeah
1: such a problem because your best five would include both those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, You just wish one of them could fill in at right tackle. I'm so disappointed with this depth at guard that they never did try Reisner at right tackle.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I
1: feel like that's a missed opportunity.
0: And it's a position that we saw in college you can play very well. Now, one thing to note on Graham Glasgow, if the trade winds do blow for Graham Glasgow, the Broncos trade him. They'll have $3 million of dead money, but they'll save $8.82 million on the cap, assuming the team takes on the full contract. Now, it's possible. Right. The Broncos may assume some of that. But if you trade him, you're not creating a cap issue for this year doing so.
1: Not bad. If you had to put a percentage on them trading a veteran guard to officially give Moody more playing time?
0: Uh, about 20%. Okay because and maybe not even that high
1: yeah honestly I coaches get scared thought that'd be less yeah.
0: yeah it's basically if somebody offered him a deal that blew him away like third round pick for graham glasgow he'd be like, okay
1: right plus the eight million savings because right now they don't necessarily need to save money out the
0: cap yep count locula me amigos why did vic stop the two minute drill with time left on the clock mm. hard not to read in on that also pleasure horse has no merch what better union could there <laughs> be than DMVR and Pleasure Horse for a shirt that supports graphics that didn't inculcate both the mind name and the Denver football squad love the count? That's a good question. That sounds like a, a partnership we need to get in on. But the two-minute drill stopping with time on the clock, it had gone a lot of plays. So sometimes they're thinking, all right, we've had this, the set number of plays. It's time to be done. That was also a very clunky drive Yeah. to that point. like Literally... Yeah,
1: Zach described it in detail. It yeah. sounded like a mess.
0: Yeah, they 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 huddled After, before fourth down. They didn't they they let the clock run. Right. They huddled. Drew gets to the line, and you know what? He does what he's supposed to. He made a nice check. Yeah, pre snap, and that's what led to the pass to Noah Fant because there was a mismatch that he was able to set up with Fant against Michael Ojemudia, and made the play. Right. But why are you huddling? It should not. the The last play ended at one fifty, and you had the next snap at one eleven. Right. That should never yeah. happen yeah. in two minutes. Yeah. Never. Right, and it's frustrating because is it the quarterback? Is it the offense? Yeah. Is it is it the, is it the coach? Is it the the play from the sideline? Wh- whatever was going on, unacceptable. Was no a matter mess.
1: what. Yeah,
2: yeah, no. Crazy. And it
0: and it bothered me. And that and that's and and the other thing that happened. About midway through the draft, or the, not the draft, <laughs> the drive, you had the starters on defense leave, and the second teamers came in. So,
1: yeah, was, what's what's the point? And
0: there were, and honestly, there were a couple of plays that I thought should have been ruled sack on that drive as well. So, yeah. Anyway, kind of like I mentioned with the Teddy play last week in Minnesota when V Hill came on the pass rush so anyway 719 Dime Dropper Hey guys, so on Tuesday, Dre and Zach were talking about Madden and how EA has gotten so lazy and bad about its development I just wanted to hop in and say starting next year 2K will finally be allowed back into the football gaming space as far as I know, they only have the rights to arcade style gaming for football, which should be similar to Madden's MUT mode hopefully this combined with the return of the college football game will finally help push out EA's Madden laziness thanks boys P.S. I live in the Springs, but I recently became a year-long member hope to make to the bar soon. Got him. Thanks Glad for ol- thanks for rolling with us in the seven one nine. Love hearing from the Springs. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Welcome. You know what? When there's not competition, yeah, you it's get fat. You get fat and lazy. That's right. Every time. Nemo three. Sup, boys? It's been a while. So here are a few of my thoughts leading up to the season. I'm weary about our ol. Though through reports from practice, it seems like the OL might be the position group to watch. It also seems the consensus for the upcoming season is run the ball and take risk-averse calculated passes. If that's the case, the O-line plays a big role in that formula. Are we sure we'll be able to run the rock effectively light like the way they've been looking in practice? Well, they've had some good runs. Yeah. They've actually, I'll say this, like if I look at today, stronger in run blocking than pass pro. Mm-hmm. Like Calvin Anderson for example is a really good run blocker mm-hmm. and you see him get people to the ground in run blocking pass pro work in progress. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's pretty explosive for a long limb guy. Mm-hmm. Uh his hips will really snap and I yeah. mean we you talk about those guards and the mm-hmm. kind of push they're creating mm-hmm. those are second teamers. Right. I got to say uh since Luis vasquez let's left the team this is probably the best i felt about the broncos offensive line in quite a while
0: so 2015
1: Yep. yeah and even six then six years i'd
0: say probably like 20, yeah. 2014 because 2015 exactly
1: there's a fork in the yeah, road there yes mace yeah the
0: moment ryan clady got hurt it
1: precisely yep
0: in otas in 15 is kind of the fork in the road. everything moment.
1: dropped off but so I'm fairly encouraged by the depth they have, and it makes
0: me think this could be a better O-line than we've seen in a while because of that depth. All right. More from Nemo3. I used to play running back in college, and from my perspective, Javante is going to be nice. Yeah. He's low-key slippery when it matters. I took notice of his ability to round the edge and liked how he throws these little quick, powerful, stiff arms to create separation. I'm excited to see what the season holds for him. I think everyone... Who's been on this podcast, whether every day or infrequently, <laughs> yeah. agree with you on Javante Williams? Take a guess at how much Sutton would get if he signs an extension after this season. <sighs> See, he's—I don't think he's like top, like the top, top two or three receivers. Yeah, I think he ends up in the ne- next tier. I mean, Set, so
1: much uh, depends on how this year goes. Right,
0: it's—you could franchise him. Yeah. That's a tool that's in the that's in the drawer here. Yeah. If you can't to maybe get another year to see if he's all the way back. Like if he's if he's ninety percent of what he was, mm-hmm. I think you tag him and go through another year and see. Yeah. That- Unless of course you've traded for Aaron Rodgers and Aaron has said, get me Devontae Adams, and when, with all due respect to Cortland Sutton, yeah, you you're getting walk. Devontae Adams. Yeah.
1: Yeah, franchising him might be the way to go because those injuries are so tricky. You almost need two years to see what getting back to
0: 100% means. Bingo. Couldn't say it better. Finally, from Nemo3, noticed lots of zone run and play-action throws. Where the heck was that last season? Now, all of a sudden, we want to do what Drew's best at, play-action throws, and run wide zones. Phil Lindsay's strong suit. In contrast, last year, we ran pure gap scheme runs. That's annoying considering we no longer have Phil well, on the bright side, maybe Shermer is learning and finally playing to the strong suit of his players. I mean, we'll see. Let's let's see the formational use as well. Now, yeah. one thing that encouraged me on Saturday, especially with Drew out there, was how much too wider we saw. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. Saw, we yeah. saw we saw the fullback. We saw you know eye formation, offset eye. No. We saw you know fullback in motion. We you know. I don't really want to see a lot of three wide from this offense just yet. I'd rather see Drew under center. Yes, it's boring, but I think he's more... I think his fundamentals are better under center. Yes, yes. It's like being under center because it wasn't natural to him coming Mm -hmm. out of Mizzou. It's like when he's under center, he seems to concentrate more on his footwork. And, Mm -hmm. of course, the fact that play action gets the defense to hold up.
1: Well, and it's easier to... For defenses to bite on play action when you're in 22 personnel mm. or, you know, heavier sets than a three wide.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Avs watch 22. Howdy, gang. Will we have to reserve spots again when we come on down to the bar for game day this season? We'll be touch mm. and go. Will fans of the DNV Army be allowed in the tailgate? Will RK hit all of his unders on week one of the season? I'm so stoked to see everyone down there. Hope all is well. Go DNVR, DNVR Army, and go Broncos. Cheers, gang. Lots to be figured out.
1: Um... You can definitely come down to the bar. I don't think you'll have to reserve because we'll be at full capacity. Um, you when we have tailgates and we announce, you'll have more details, but you'll be able to be there.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. And that's 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 good news. That's I as
1: much say. as we can get out for now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Kamish Gordon 710. Been listening to the podcast for about a year now. Figured I should finally subscribe. You guys make living in Patriots territory a bit more bearable. All right. I've been wondering if you're specifically compared the two quarterbacks' performance in the red zone. It's hard to tell just by listening to what's been happening, not seeing it. But I feel I've heard a lot more about Teddy struggling, specifically in that area, than I have about Drew struggling there. Off the top of my head, I remember Drew throwing one pick to Simmons and not much else. Well, I remember that one of Teddy's bad days consisted of multiple red zone interceptions. Now, to be clear, only one of them was actually a pick. Like that On that Saturday, yeah the camera showed that one was actually incomplete. I believe one by Kareem Jackson. So as well as a lot of settling for field goals on his average days, please correct me if I'm off here. I think a direct comparison between the two in this specific area would be pretty important, especially since the red zone has been the Broncos offense's worst nightmare over the past few years. Thanks for the great content. Looking forward to diving into the web articles now as well. You know, this is why I say it half jokingly, but there's a hint of seriousness. There's a part of me that would consider having Teddy Bridgewater be the starting quarterback, dude. I know and what then you're saying, and stop at the 25-yard line. And put Drew in. <laughs> I agree completely. And then, if you're behind by 10 by 10 points, seven, seven points in the fourth quarter, you need yeah. a big drive. Drew. Then you put you put Drew in yeah. to try to make that happen. Although they actually had a period today, Dre, where they gave the offense an 11-point deficit uh-huh. with eight minutes to go. And Teddy went up with the ones against the ones and made some plays. They got in the field goal range. And then Drew Locke, it was four and out with the twos and against the twos. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. And the thing is, what was interesting about that is this. Teddy took a deep shot down the post, overshot his man. I believe it was Judy. And then what you saw Teddy doing was checking down to a lot of runs mm-hmm. and doing mm-hmm. a lot of draws. And what he's doing there is he's reading the defense, and if he's and if he sees the D, the the alignment on the D line in particular a certain way, you check down to a run, and in that scenario, you're thinking, Okay, we're down eleven. We still have three timeouts left. Right. So if we get a field goal here, and they got about to field goal range, and then they call it off the drive, we get a field goal, then we're within eight one score we can get a stop use our three timeouts and get the ball back and that's why i thought it was interesting in that series that when they got to field goal range that's when they put the stop sign on it and that showed me okay the point of that being down two scores was get it down to one score right yeah even if it does, and he took the vertical shot and it wasn't there and then he checked and 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 then he made pre-snap checks and in, into draws right right
1: yeah and uh i think you did a good job breaking down kind of the red zone work the two quarterbacks have yeah. done earlier in the pod as well so yeah it's
0: yeah. so as we say if you if you're listening we hope you liked that part of the the show yeah shaggy mclovin the third hey guys i'm wondering how they determine playoff games or preseason games i think you mean was it a coincidence that we faced the vikings after getting Peyton, or did they put in a request well they you can make requests the league do, historically teams used to arrange the fourth preseason game on their own you usually saw arizona for the uh-huh, Broncos right. most years unless arizona was on the schedule right in the yep. regular season Yep. what we what what we saw this year you two teams can go tell the league hey we're going to work together for practices And they'll try to make that happen. Mm -hmm. But usually a big thing for preseason is all – and so it's possible that with the Vikings, that, you know, Rick Spielman, George Payton said, hey, let's get together. It's great. One thing that also matters is geography. They don't want teams to have huge trips. That being said, they don't want you playing in your own division generally. But that's why in the preseason you see a lot of NFC West for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. And then even when they don't play in the NFC West – We've seen them play Dallas in the preseason over over a few years. Minnesota has popped up from time to time. Mm -hmm. Chicago. Like, the times when the Broncos go to the East Coast for preseason, like they did for Washington, for example, in 18, those are rare. Usually they're trying to keep them, generally within the Broncos, generally within a two-hour flight. Minnesota, Chicago, Dallas, Houston. Right. And then the West Coast.
1: There you go. You're not going to find most much better breakdowns of how you establish preseason games yeah. than that.
0: Again, there are exceptions. Yeah. But that's generally what you're looking at for the for the Broncos. And, uh, you know, hey, let's see him throw Green Bay in there.
1: Right. Trip yeah. to Lambeau. Yeah. Field. Why not, huh? Hey, you <laughs> trade
0: Farron Rogers next offseason. Oh, my Oh my God. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> That'd be quite the preseason game. Yeah. They, I don't know. About oh
0: my, that. I don't think they would do that. No. I don't uh, maybe that. that game would be Packers at. Broncos. Yeah, and the Packers have been here in the preseason as well. Right, Same kind of thing. Right, I do Not not the longest of trips. Melbourne Bronco. Hi guys. My brain's been ticking lately. I'm thinking Vic may decide on who wins the quarterback competition by only looking at how they perform against a great defense instead of the Vikings 2's and Seattle's 2's. Seems our 1's the only thing Teddy and Drew struggle, struggle against. What say you? You'll like the first part of our podcast. Yeah. Because Vic pretty much put it out there on a tee and we gripped it and ripped it. That's right. C. Fillmore72, dear Zach and Dre, greetings from the U.K. Managed to get some London series tickets sorted this morning. Wow. So looking forward to my autumn fix of live NFL. Shame it's not the Broncos, of course. With a road game against the Jags on the slate this season, I was hopeful of this prior to the schedule release, but sadly it was not to be. Feels like the Broncos are overdoing an appearance with the DMVR crew head to London if that happened. Christopher, well, I can say this without saying too much before the pandemic, when we were expecting the Broncos-Falcons game to be in London, we had some pr- the, some plans that were in yeah. the early stages. Yeah. Right. And they were tremendous. Yeah. And they involved doing some shows over in London. And I would hope that if and when this happens, we pick that up because when you think of things that are like, how are, you know, how are we expanding, DNVR expanding? How are we growing? Doing doing a show overseas when the Broncos were over there would, would be just top shelf. Yeah,
1: that'd be quite something.
0: So uh. cross your fingers everything comes together because I'm not sure there's anything we'd love more on the Broncos side of it to than be taking this podcast over across the ocean for a Few days that'd be pretty and incredible, and, and you seeing your beloved Broncos that right there in London. Wild card hey, fellas, want to start by saying great podcast yesterday. I also understand why Dre thinks I was being harsh on Fangio, but at the same time, I believe it is completely warranted. Vic 12 and 20 has won only one more game than VJ 11 and 21 did in the same amount of time and seems to show the same type of incompetence at game managing and overall de- decision making. To me, it doesn't make much sense why everyone was so quick to oust Vance when Vic has been given the benefit of the doubt after performing just about the same. If anything, Vic might be worse when you look at his upside and ability to grow as a coach versus VJ due to their age. Vic has had better teams than Vance did anyway, in my opinion, and though VJ's wins were few and far between, much like Vic's, it felt like VJ had some more impressive wins. So I guess my question is why does Fangio get a much longer leash than Vance? When it feels like it should be the other way around. Sorry for the long comment. Thanks for the content. Your boy, Wildcard. Let me start here. Fair or unfair? VJ comes in when the Broncos are 11 and a half months removed from winning a Super Bowl. Yes. Vic comes in after two straight losing seasons. Yep. And that changed the expectations right there. Even though I think you can clearly say that while Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater... Neither one of them has emerged. They do have a better quarterback situation now than Vance did, certainly his first year. It's probably comparable to Case Keenum going into that second year. Yeah. And where things stand.
1: Yeah. It's not that far but, off.
0: But it's the one thing, I mean, we talk about kind of impressive wins. And the problem with VJ is you could say that his most impressive wins, or maybe his single most impressive win, was right there in week two hmm. after he took the job. The Cowboy game oh. in week two that turned out to be the peak of the Vance Joseph era.
1: Yeah, yeah, because really the only other big wins, what, that, that blowout of Arizona on Thursday night after Arizona Vaughn's was, comments? Arizona was
0: crap. I mean,
1: they, they were barely a preseason team, yeah.
0: I mean, Mike McCoy got fired. Look at what's happened to Josh Rosen since then. Yeah. He's out of a job
1: yeah pretty first, rough
0: first round pick in 2018 and and he was cut this week
1: I will say and I don't know I wonder what the margin of victory numbers are but um games seem to get less out of hand for Vic than they have for Vance and I think they've lost games by a slimmer margin um I know Vicks had like one blowout every season on on the wrong end, but then they seem to get that corrected and play things a lot
0: closer. Well, that's interesting. Let's just take a look at that real quick. We're just gonna go we'll go point differential. Okay? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause I think that's a yeah. rather than just record and a two right. year sample size, point differential can be much more telling.
0: The Broncos in twenty seventeen were minus ninety three. Okay. They were minus twenty in twenty
1: eighteen. Oh, some serious improvement.
0: 2019, they were minus 34. Okay. 2020, and this is where it happens, they were at minus 123. Pull. And Well, wild card, maybe you've got wild a Wild card has Jeez, a point. Man. And the
1: now. You're moving in the wrong direction. You is are. What that tells us.
0: Now, the worst loss of last year was the Buffalo game. Uh-huh. And that got out of hand. Why? I mean, it was a bad day for the offense. Drew Locke was not on point. But that got out of hand because you were basically at duct tape and bailing wire in the secondary. Yeah. At that, at that stage. Yep. But that doesn't explain losing to Las Vegas by 35. No, it doesn't. A bad game for Drew Locke. Yeah. Doesn't explain losing to the Chiefs by 27. Classic three-phase loss. Yeah. Gave it up on special, although the, the the although the defense held the Chiefs that day to uh 286 yards. Yeah. Offense giving the ball away, special <laughs> teams lapses. And then the Saints game last year, thirty one three. You toss that. See, actually that's an interesting thing. If you toss that Saints game out, twenty eight point margin, you're minus ninety five. Which is basically where you were in '93. Per game, it'd be a bit yeah, more. Yeah, in 17, right? In 17, yeah, it's a bit more, but still, you have, I think you have to th- you have to throw out that Saint game, and actually, then it starts looking pretty similar. So I get what you're saying, well, Wild, Card, but, Wild Card, but but when you distill it down there, and I think we can all agree that the Saints game was a joke. Although Vic could have done something to avoid that, yeah, because they could have said Blake Bortles hanging out in Jacksonville. That's right. the thing about like. The thing about that was there was so much blame to go around. There was blame for the quarterbacks for 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 the meeting and everything screwing up there. But there was blame on Vic because Blake Bortles should have been sitting down at his home on the Saint John's River waiting for a call in an emergency. Yep. Yep. And then they bring him up. That's exactly right. It was dumb. It was I'm sorry, it was dumb. And we talked about this in the off season about that Bruce Arians brought up the idea of saying you have one guy who's just a who's a covet quarterback and he's just away. Yeah. And you bring him in if you need him. And the Broncos could have had that, and they didn't. Mike, 1809. Fellas, pumped to see both Drew and Teddy ball out on Saturday. But we need consistency. You hit the nail on the head with Monday's pod. It's no surprise Drew can make a big splash. We need consistency. When we see that, I'll get excited. Question on Tim Patrick for you guys. I've been doing some best ball drafts, and I literally never see Tim drafted. I've been scooping him up in the last round drafts left and right feel like he was too good this year not to have some splash games for the Broncos or for another wide receiver knee team. Looking at you, New Orleans, and Baltimore to pick him. So what kind of season do you think Tim will have for the Broncos? Do you think a trade is likely? If so, what can we get for him? Thanks. Keep up the great work. I love writing with the DMVR family. I know Ben Albright at KOA has said that uh, teams have been calling about Tim Patrick.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I, I felt like they had, they had him, they could have done a little more work in the red zone on, on Saturday.
0: There are a couple of things that come into play here. How good do you feel about Trandy Benson? But also, how good do you feel true, about true. Albert Oak coming off the knee injury? Because right. here's the thing. If you trade Tim Patrick, and then KJ Hamler has a hammy injury, or Cortland Sutton has the mm-hmm. knee problem, mm-hmm. if these things happen, is Trandy Benson ready for big minutes? Yeah. Or are you saying, we're going to go too tight? Now, Albert O is going to be basically a big wide receiver, but too tight is going to be our base package. Yeah. Can Pat Shermer do that? We know how he loves his three wide.
1: Yeah, I know. Hmm. That's yeah. an interesting one. Yep.
0: Mrs. Quill, my question is about Aaron Rodgers. Just kidding. Wanna get RK's blood boiling a little. Would you guys be willing to create a fantasy pick'em group that competition loving subscribers like me could join? Winner gets to read roasts of the D M V R Broncos guys live on the show. Cheers. Sounds, Sounds interesting. A as uh as the former editor of National Lampoon magazine Henry Beard would say tempting yeah tempting yeah might be worth exploring <laughs> yes jay benson 318 after about three years of free, freeloading it got me got him
1: let's go i love the
0: pods i haven't missed one since i found the bsm broncos podcast in the 2018 off season since this is my first comment i wanted to introduce my introduce myself i am another listener from north dakota currently living in Fargo. Sorry. <laughs> have to say it like Marsh Gunderson, Absolutely. right? Yeah, or like, say, yeah, how was Fargo? <laughs> oh, yeah, real good, yeah. Sorry, I just was in Minnesota. Oh, I've been thinking about it. I've been a fan my whole life, and have planted my flag in Vikings country. Oof. I've been to five games in my life so far, but I've yet to witness a win. Four of the five games we have been leading coming to the fourth quarter, only to blow it. I may be bad luck. Yep. Hope to change that, This as I'm going to be in Jacksonville for week two this year. If mm. we lose, you can blame me. I have only been to one game in Denver. I've made it the goal to watch the Broncos play in as many stadiums as I can in my life. Thanks for all the hard work. I truly appreciate the great coverage. P.S. I will pardon me. I will be in Denver this year later for a wedding, and I've already told my wife that I'm spending some time at the DMVR bar to get my member beer. We love hearing that. Thank yeah. you.
1: It can be multiple member gear, uh, beers too. Like, oh, uh, it's not just one.
0: Yes. Yeah. Make sure you've got you got a designated driver. That's right. Ohio Bronco Alex. What are your running back predictions for the year? How many yards and touchdowns for the two players below? In the fantasy world, Javante is being drafted before Melvin. I'd like to hear your guys' insight. Well, you're the right man to answer this question, Dre. I think Javante is able to take over,
1: and I think you're looking at like 950 to 1050 um, rushing yards for him in year one. Maybe about five to six touchdowns. And I think Melvin probably has more receptions, is getting more third down work, um, and is closer to, I don't know, 600 rushing
0: yards and four or five touchdowns himself. All right. That's That's pretty fair. Sound guy, have the Broncos built the plane? Let's subtract QB from the equation. What Broncos team was more complete than the team that we have right now? Mm. On paper, 2013. 2013 for sure. Even 15 though, as well. Yes. before On paper, before before Ryan Clady got her. So just in general, on paper, I think you say 12 to 15. Yeah. Yep. But this is the most complete team since then.
1: Yeah, 100%. And what are the more complete dating back to like the late 90s?
0: Yes, I'd say it's probably a more complete team across the board than... Okay, almost anything. The, the 2005 team, they played, they had no mistake, Jake at quarterback. Yes, but yes. The O line yes. was still really good. Yep. Rod Smith had a, had his last terrific year. Phenomenal. Ashley Lee game. was a good number two receiver. Yep. Tight end was kind of oh, just okay. But Steven Alexander was a good solid starter. Mm-hmm. Two good running backs. They had the Brown on the D line, who for that year were really good. Yep. Your linebackers were DJ Williams, Al Wilson, Ian Gold. gold. And you had two, literally two Hall of Famers in the secondary. Yeah. Not bad. So basically, in the 21st century, I will say this is the, on paper, this is. Fifth? This is sixth.
1: There you go. Yep. Yep, 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 yep.
0: Behind 12 to 15 and behind 05.
1: Yeah. Twelve to fifteen could even be twelve to sixteen if you yeah, wanted if you, to extend it out.
0: We did kind of talk about that earlier, yeah. yeah. And it was a complete team, and just yeah,
1: you know, Trev. I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot going on.
0: You know what? Think <laughs> think how history would have changed in a lot of ways if they just said Colin Kaepernick, we're going to honor your contract.
1: I know, and they traded for him instead of I trying know. to get him to take a pay cut. I'm with you. I know
0: that team with Kaepernick wins 13 games. Had
1: some juice. I agree, I and that agree. that
0: changed ever. That just think of all that changed mm-hmm. for Kaepernick. Kaepernick is probably still a starting quarterback in the league. Yes, if he if he taken the pay cut, but again, I don't know why it should have been incumbent on him to take a pay cut. It what you know it was is that that's the kind of thing that bothers me. It's they almost got,
1: like lazy negotiating.
0: Yeah, what was you know you're always looking for a bargain. And the Broncos were in a tough cap spot. I get that they're trying no, to resign sure. Von Miller. They had to make tough choices that year. Dan Trevathan not re-signed. Brandon Marshall resigned. Malik Jackson not resigned, Derek Wolf, resigned. All right. couldn't have everything. Yeah, but tough I would think that. If not a a pay cut, a restructure, yes, to say okay, let's add another year to this deal, and we'll make sure you get your money, and we'll stick this. I think there were some creative. I think there were things that the Broncos, maybe, if they'd been, I think George Payton might have been mm-hmm. more willing to say okay, we're mm-hmm. gonna massage this a little bit because look at like the contract the Broncos have right now, all this second year backload stuff. There were things that could have been done.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. So anyway. Mm, that's a I know
0: Kaepernick is a polarizing name. I get that, but that really is to, a big what if. Yeah, twelve to fifteen was a pretty productive quarterback. Yeah. Oh no doubt. Probably a second second tier quarterback, yes, but productive. No doubt. So. Yeah. Finally, Bronc Oilers. Morning, gents. I was super encouraged to see Locke play the way he did. As I'm pulling for him to win the job, but I don't want to overstate his performance for one reason: we didn't really see anything we haven't seen from Drew before. We know he can stand in a clean pocket and deliver strikes. We know he can lead an explosive offense with his arm talent and weapons around him. We, what we don't know still is how he can be productive under pressure, and he can, can he be consistent? Have we ever seen Drew string two, together two good games in a row? He followed up some great games like Houston and Carolina with some mediocre ones, but I don't think he's ever had two legitimately impressive games in a row Honestly, I don't know if the coaching staff is going to get any clearer picture of him from the rest of the preseason playing against backups. But at this point, I feel like deep down they're going to have to make the decision based on Drew's potential and not preseason camp performance. And that's a great comment to close on because every word of that is true. You can't argue with anything that Bronco Oilers said right there. It's spot on. And... To go back to when I was exasperated in the podcast, I'm exasperated because you, where is the consistency? Yeah. Now. Had trouble with that his whole career. Bridgewater's been closer to consistent, but he hasn't had two con- two good days in a row. Yeah. And then Drew has just been back and forth. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, the one encouraging thing so. is that throw he has on
1: third down to Judy, you know, where yeah. he stays patient in the pocket, and that's why everyone was really going goo goo about that one. But, boy, we did it, Mace. We got you out here before your heart out.
0: That was awesome. Beautiful. Good. Always good. a pleasure. Likewise. Good to see you, Drain. Yeah. After being in Ohio, Minnesota, it's good to be back here. Yeah, welcome back. I just realized it was my first time back in here in a couple of weeks. Crazy. Weird during camp to think about that. Yeah, for real. Well it's good to be back here. And of course, being back in Denver means that I am in the territory of the best damn family owned dentist in the metro area. And that's our friends over at green mountain dental. We've had several DMVR listeners switch over to green mountain dental group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. And they reach out and let us know how great their experience was. And they thank us for leading them to such a wonderful place. Look, there's nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners. So tell us your experience if you've made the switch. And if you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They're big-time Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. Our sales director, Lindsay, had her wisdom teeth removed there. Said so it was literally the best dentist experience of her life. They'll send you a personal card to your home after you become a new patient. And they'll call and check up on you. After Lindsay's surgery, the doctor personally called to check on her a few days later. So schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam right now, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. I use the Sonicare. It's terrific. It'll promote good brushing habits for you. You probably won't want to use another toothbrush once you've used the Sonicare. It's life-changing. This is a huge freebie that you get if you sign up for an appointment, cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group today. Check them out right now. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, and they want you to know that the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. And the first step to a good Broncos season is clarity at the quarterback position. And as we talked about earlier in the podcast, it's pretty damn close, as Vic Fangio says. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what happened in one on, in one on in first team versus first team and against the Vikings first team last week was telling... What does that mean? We told you our piece. You've got yours. Share your piece in the comment section, of course, if you want to chime in for the Thursday pod. For Andre Simone, Kale Sorbo, making the magic happen. I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for listening to the DMVR Broncos podcast.